Hey, family. How are you doing this morning? By the way, you know, we, we go by the Cookingham rule here. If you walk in the door, you're family. That, that's the rule. So, I say that today because I want to talk to you as family. So if you're sitting here, you're family. This is not a billy club. This is our version of the baton. I want to talk to you today about passing the baton. There's really three messages here. Today, next week, Pastor Jay is going to be talking. And then the following week, both he and I will be doing something. We don't know yet. But it has to do with the baton. Passing the baton. I don't know if you know about racing, a relay race, where there's a baton. There's usually four legs of the race. The first runner runs to a certain point where there is a tape across his running path. And then there's another tape down farther. And this first runner is carrying this baton running as fast as he can, of course. And once he passes that tape mark, he's got to pass the baton off to the next runner. And he's got to pass it off before the end of that section. So the next runner is waiting. And they have to time this perfectly so that someplace in between this first strip of tape and that second strip of tape, the baton has to be passed. Now, of course, the second runner isn't going to stand right there. If that happens, the first runner is going to pass by and they won't even meet up. So this has to be a carefully timed procedure there where the first runner is running, the second runner speeds up enough so that they're together for that split second, the first runner passes the baton to the second one, then the second runner can take off with the baton. And the first runner's leg is finished. If you drop the baton, you're disqualified. So the baton's important. That's an introduction to today's message. Can we talk? You remember, you remember the comedian who used to start her monologue with, can we talk? What she's really saying is, can I say whatever I feel like saying? You know. And as you're listening, you might get to get a word in edgewise sometime, probably later. So when I say, can we talk? I want to talk to you this morning about family life here at Bridge Builders and passing the baton. In the summer of 2013, I knew that, you know, in the summer of 2012, two years ago, I knew that my wife and I were coming into a time where something was going to be different. 
At that time, I was a member of the board of the Chamber of Commerce. I was a member of, a member of the board of Sound of Life. And I just thought, you know, I need to drop out of those responsibilities because something else is coming. I must admit, I did have some doubts about my decision. I thought, what are you, Tim, a wimp? What are you, a wuss? You, you can't even do what you used to do. You've got to drop out now because you just don't feel like doing it anymore. That wasn't really true. I dropped out of the boards, and then came 2013. And at that fall, that time, we decided, you know, I think it's time we hire a past, another pastor here at Bridge Builders Church. Ta-da! Jay came on staff in January of 2013. Just because, hey, we thought it was time. Little did we know what God knew that a month after he came on staff, I got a severe case of vertigo. Remember that? And I was in the hospital three days, and that led to two months of testing. Finding out my diagnosis of multiple myeloma, which led me into chemotherapy and stem cell harvesting, stem cell transplant. Three months of isolation at my house. Now we're into 2014. And all the miraculous things that God did with my health. Hey, praise God. Come on now, come on. I mean, I'm in complete remission. My body hasn't responded well to all the drugs, but I'm in complete remission. So you come 2014, and we're living along 2014, and we just feel this stirring that something's coming here. Something's coming. And we're not quite sure what it is, but, you know, it must have been a month ago now or six weeks, we started talking about the possibility of me passing the baton off to Jay. And it was kind of a nebulous thing, you know. We've been speaking about it little by little along the way. I mean, Barry, you said at one of the board meetings you heard a reference to something that gave you a hint that, hey, something's happening or something's going to happen or I don't know what that was, but it certainly stirred up your mind. So then comes Wes and Verna Clemmer. Now, Wes and Verna are our, are, are our mentors. They love us. They love bridge builders. And when they're here... They hear about bridge builders. God speaks to them about individuals and about our church. And they were here last weekend. And things just sort of crystallized together. All of the things that have happened in the past few years come to that Kairos moment. Anybody here serve in Kairos prison ministry? Kairos, that means the appointed time. The Kairos moment, not just any old click of the clock. The God-chosen appointed time. And we just know, here we are at the God-appointed chosen time. It's time for Tim and Jenny Millard to pass off the baton. 
Not today. But we're going to pass the baton to Jay and Chris Cookingham two weeks from now. August 31st. You know, Ginny and I have rented a house in Rockport, Massachusetts for the month of September. We didn't know the timing of all of this other stuff. We've been planning this and saving for this for quite a while. And gee, it just came up. Now, who do you think planned that whole thing? So Jenny and I will be out of town for the whole month of September. And we thought, gee, look at that. God knows what he's doing when you try just to live for him and listen to him. He knows what we don't know, and he just brings everything together. I want you to know that this is a normal process. It happened in the Bible quite a few times. So if it happened in the truth, you know that there's truth in it. Let me start, you know, start with Moses and Joshua. Way back in the book of Exodus. And again, you don't, I'm going to be flipping through here, so you don't have to flip with me. You can write down the references, or you can just listen. It's fine. Just starting here at Exodus 17, uh, verses 8 through 16. Moses said to Joshua, this is the first reference to Joshua. Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men, go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So here's what he's saying. Joshua, you are one of my captains in the army. I'm going to give you a fight to fight or a responsibility to take. And Moses stood up on the mountain. As long as his arms were up, remember, they won the battle. If his arms fell down, they didn't. Well, he had a couple guys holding his arms up the whole time because he got kind of tired. But Joshua won the battle. Here's the first opportunity for Joshua to step up into some responsibility. And it worked out the way God had it work out. Then you flip over to verse 20, uh, chapter 24, verse 13. So Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua. Now Joshua is in a place where he's Moses' assistant. There must have been some, some things happening between that battle. A few chapters later, Moses sees something in Joshua and has him become his assistant. Flip over to 33.11. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, he's not an assistant anymore. Now he's a servant. Something must have happened between assistant and servant for Moses to be able to see that Joshua was ready for the next step of responsibility. Let me go to Numbers 11, a few books later. Numbers 11. eleven twenty-six. Uh, 28. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, 
Ooh, Moses must have had more than one assistant. Now he's a choice man out of the assistants. Do you see the progression here? Moses is seeing that Joshua is more and more ready for responsibility, to hear God, whatever it is. He sees now is the time for letting go of some of his responsibility into the hands of someone else. So this is a perfectly normal process. We see it again with Elijah and Elisha, 1 Kings 19.16. I'm not even going to turn there. There's two verses. The first one, Elijah is told by God to choose Elisha as the next prophet. Now, Elijah didn't see that in Elisha. God saw it in Elisha and told Elijah to, to choose Elisha. And then, in the first uh, of Second Kings chapter 2, Elisha receives the mantle from Elijah. And Elijah puts the mantle of ministry and responsibility on Elisha. There must have something happened between those two events for Elijah to see that now is the time. Well, Elijah was going to go up the stairway to heaven without dying, remember, so he knew something was coming and he had to give off his responsibility. We turn over to the New Testament. Uh, Paul and Timothy. In Acts 16.1 is the first instance where Timothy's name is even mentioned. And then we go through a progression in Timothy of Acts 17.14 where it says Saul and Timothy were left someplace to minister. Paul left them there. Gee, do you think he trusted Saul and Timothy? He must have seen something in those two men where he could trust leaving them there and them being responsible enough to handle things. Acts 20.14 Then Timothy is with Paul on a missions trip around the world. In Romans 16.21 Then Paul calls Timothy my fellow worker. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he says, My beloved son. Do you see the progression? They're getting closer and closer together. Hearts are knit together, so Paul knows Timothy very well. He knows what Timothy can handle. And then we go on to Jesus and Paul, of course. I'm sorry, Jesus and Peter. Peter was one of the first Disciples called by Jesus. And we all know about Peter's impetuousness and his outspokenness. Sometimes maybe when he shouldn't have said something. But he had to learn, he had to learn how to be outspoken. And he did learn it because after Jesus left, Peter gave the first lay sermon and 3,000 people came to the Lord. There's a progression there. That's the progression we're in. That's the progression we've been in. And as the founding pastor of Bridge Builders Community Church, you remember the first service we had at Bridge Builders? We prayed, Lord, send the next pastor and show us who it is. 
We've been praying that ever since the first service. Send the next pastor. Show us who it is. Ten or eleven years ago, the Cookinghams moved six-tenths of a mile from us. Was it eleven years ago? About eleven years ago. We thought, oh, good, they're going to be in church with us. Wrong. They lived down the street for like nine years, and we never saw them. We went to different churches together. Then, when Bridge Builders started, Joshua Cookingham started to come to our church. So, according to the Cookinghams, this was Josh's church. And after Josh had been attending for a while, they asked permission of Joshua to come to his church because they were on their world tour of churches. <laughs> so they started. Is this right? Yep. So they started coming to Bridge Builders, and it just started getting it in. The first Sunday they walked in the door, we went home that day and went, "What did we say?" I think that's the next pastor, Bridge Builders, right there. So we've been looking for this all along. We've known it's been coming. The question is, how do you know when the Kairos moment comes? I mean, this is all normal. God has been showing us this all along. How do you know? I was reading John 4 at the beginning there in my devotional last week. John 4, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, whoops, we've got to stop. I, some pastors used to say this. When you see the word therefore, you better look and see what it's there for. <laughs> therefore, because of what just happened, we're here because of something that led us here. And what just happened? John the baptizer was baptizing. And some of his disciples got all upset and said, John, you know that guy Jesus you baptized? He's over there baptizing more people than we are. What do you think about that? And what do you think John said? He went into a little monologue about, he's got to increase while I decrease. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. Come on, guys. Get with the program here. This is what this is all for. He's what this is for. Therefore, because that happened and because John made that proclamation, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples, now he knew that the Pharisees were going to try to make this into a negative situation. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees found this out, something happened that caused the Lord to know something. A circumstance happened. Whatever it was, a proclamation happened. So now the Lord knew it was time. Now, could he look forward to and know that by prophetic insight even before it happened? I don't know. He was all God, right? 
but he was also all man. He gave up some of that to be here. So I don't know if he prophetically knew it or after he found out he just knew in his spirit. I don't, I don't know what it was, but somehow Jesus knew. Now that that happened, here we are. Now I've got to do something. Verse 3. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. That situation that the Pharisees knew something now, he knew the Pharisees were getting stirred up, caused him to know that he had to leave Judea and go back to Galilee. That's what God does with us. The same process is true now. Therefore, because Dana knew, he did something. That's the way we learn. God uses circumstances in our lives. He uses relationships. Whatever it is, He causes us to know something so that we can then walk in something with complete faith. Verse 4 is going to mess us up, though. Mess me up. But He needed to go through Samaria. But He needed... That word means it was necessary for him to be bound to go. It was necessary for him to be bound to go through Samaria. Okay, here I am in Judea. Galilee is right there where that doorway is. You know where Samaria is? Over by the post office. Wait a minute. What do you mean i got to go? That's not the straight way. How often do you know that God doesn't always take us on the shortest route? (laughs) But it's necessary. It's needed. Okay, Tim. Because of all these things that have happened and come to this Kairos moment, now you're going to pass the baton. But, Tim, it's needed that you... Really? Really? Are you kidding me? That doesn't make any sense. I don't even have that much gas in my car. Come on. What's needed right now for Ginny and Tim? We need to get away. We're going to be away for September. And I thought, yeah, there's a month away. That's good. In talking to the Clemmers, Tim, that'll be a great month for you. It's not long enough. You need more time than that, Tim. You've got to hear God with Jenny. You've got to spend some time before the Lord. It's going to take... More than a month, Tim. Okay. Now, we trust Wes and Vernon Clemmer. They've been through this before in other churches, in other situations. They've been ministering to pastors for a long time. Okay, Wes. What's the usual? 
Six months. Really? No, I didn't say that. (laughs) I didn't say that. Six months, he said, but it's it's really an open-ended kind of thing because you don't know exactly how God's going to do stuff, where he's going to do it. So six months approximately, maybe. Maybe longer, I don't know. Depends. And Wes said, how are you feeling about that, Tim? And I said, like I usually say when something piece of truth comes before me, let's go for it. Right? Let's go for it. I'm ready to go. Because I'm ready to meet God, especially with my wife. Because she hears in a way that I don't. And we complement each other very well. So it's going to be good. Now I want to tell you, family, Bridge Builders is our home church. This is where we, this is where our relationships are. I mean, these, these are some of our closest friends right here. Mike and Patty Haas who, by the way, are on vacation now with their three kids and their spouses and eight grandchildren. Let's pray it doesn't rain. So they're in the house all week. They're our oldest friends in the Lord. We're not going to leave them. Is my son here. What am I going to do? Six months and not talk to him? Or her? My daughter? No chance, right. And some of my new friends. Here's... People, we've been praying with these guys for 22 years now. 22 years we've been praying with them. We've brought, helped bring each other through a whole lot of stuff. And some of our newest friends right here. You think, think we don't want to connect with these people? Of course we're going to connect with these people in the next six months. All of them. But we're not going to be involved in any organizational activities of Bridge Builders Community Church. We won't be attending and we won't be going to any meetings. We won't be counseling. We'll just be socializing. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that we won't go to church. We will be going to church. And God's going to speak to us about that. There's some churches we want to attend in our area that we have never attended. Pastor friends of mine, I would just love to sit in the congregation and just... Soak in. We haven't been able to soak in too much. Because when you're a church plant pastor, you better be ready to run. Okay. So this is where we are. This is where we are today. Next week, Pastor Jay is going to talk about things from, from his perspective a little bit. And then... August 31st, we're going to figure out a way to show everyone, including ourselves, that this baton has been passed. And then we're going to go to Rockport for a month. (laughs) And you know, one of the things, our kids are going to come up and visit for a short period of time, but Wes and Verna Clemmer are coming up for three days. And we're going to be together up there, and we can... They're some of our closest friends. But we won't have to talk about bridge builders at all. We can talk about whatever we want. 
may have some other friends come up. Because we just like being with friends. But it won't be anything to do with ministry. Ginny and I have never done this before. We've never gone away since we've been pastoring. Except at a time when we were coming out of a very difficult church church situation and we were hurting. But now we can go away without the hurt. We can just enjoy. So, yeah, by the ocean, what more do you want? If this is the first time you've heard any of this or had to deal with any of it, we are open to talking with you anytime. I'm going to be making some phone calls this week. We kind of split up our church list. We're going to be making some phone calls this week. You'll be hearing from us about any questions you might have, how you're feeling. Don't ask me how I'm feeling. Because I don't have to feel it yet. I'm still plan- planning out the next couple messages here, you know. We'll feel it when we get to Rockport. And maybe when we get back, too, because that will really be the first time when we're home and not ministering. And I don't think we've ever done that in 30 years. So, People, this is an exciting time. For me, for my wife, for Jay and Chris, for Bridge Builders Church, this is exciting to see what God does. It's going to be an emotional time. That's okay. We can express emotions. Jesus had emotions too. He expressed his. So we're allowed to express ours. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand any questions. Those who come later. I hope you're hearing my heart here, family. I mean, the closest people we have on earth, most of them are sitting right here in this room. So, you can pray for us. We'll need it. Would you stand with me, please? (laughs) Heavenly Father, first of all, we praise you. You are smart. You've got things in control when we can't grasp it. And I just am glad sometimes that we can't. Because me, I'd probably mess it up a little bit. But Lord, we give you control. We want you to have control. We want you to be in charge. And in that, Lord, we want to hear you. So that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know when those Kairos moments come in our life. Because we know with that comes all the grace we need to deal with the situation and with each other so that everything works out according to your plan. And that's our heart, Lord, your plan. We love you, Lord. We praise only you above all gods. We're going to be praying for each other, Lord, because we need grace for each other and grace for circumstances. Help us, Lord, to help fill in the gaps 
in each other's lives even more in the coming few weeks. Lord, so that we can help each other deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. Most of all, Lord, we thank you that you have saved us. Thank you that you're in our life. Thank you that we're in your kingdom. Our heart is to live so that you get the glory and that your kingdom is advanced. We thank you for Bridge Builders Church and what it means to us, to you, and to your kingdom. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you. Now, Lord, just send us on our way with a little pat on the rear end saying, Son, daughter, this is going to be okay. We love you, Lord. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.